Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer. In this end time, through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Obakama's Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. The Bible tells us that Jesus told Peter one time that Peter, Satan has sought to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Jesus was into the intercessory ministry. And now the Bible tells us that even after he had left the earth, the Bible says that he is now seated at the right hand of majesty, at the right hand of power. And the Bible says that he makes intercession for us in the spirit. So in Ephesians chapter number 6, the verse number 18, as the spirit of God admonished the church to pray, he said to us that praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Somebody say in the spirit. In the spirit. And he said being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We are going to pray in the spirit and we are praying for the brethren. We are praying for Christians everywhere, especially Overcomers Nation Church members. Uh, that Lord, you know what is happening in their lives. Uh, let there be a performance. Uh, let there be an intervention. Uh, as we do so, we remember our sister Priscilla Adwa Odami. Lift up your voice and begin to pray in the spirit. Everybody, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to pray in the spirit. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. For you don't know what you should pray after God. By the Spirit of God, Himself make an intercession for all things according to the will of God. According to the will of God. According to the will of God. Rabba Shabbat Shalom. 
supernatural about the lifting up of hands look putting your hands beside you doesn't mean anything putting your hand on your waist doesn't mean anything clenching your hands into a fist doesn't mean anything but the bible acknowledges the lifting up of holy hands and so if you want to be truly spiritual and somebody who is understanding in the things of the spirit one of the things is when you are praying you lift your hands has a very deep spiritual significance. Oh, don't look at the weakness and the laziness and the tiredness to miss out on something that is powerfully spiritual. Glory to Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands to the Lord and just give Him worship just for just one, some one minute, for just a minute. 
He said that day, lifting up of our hands, and like the evening sacrifice, the evening oblation. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. In Alama Shandere, Abalama Kumbali, and Alaba Shadanaba, Ibalama Shandaraba, Kabala Give a clap offering to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Precious Holy Spirit. The gathering of the people is even unto you and to Shiloh comes. And tonight, I submit myself, this entire congregation, both online and in person, unto you. Speak to us words that will bring transformation into our lives. Heal every sick, set every oppressed free. Answer every question upon our hearts as your word comes in power, in accuracy, and let your glory be seen. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Somebody shout a big amen. Give a clap offering to the Lord. And if you are here, clap for yourself also. Especially when the weather gets this way a little rain, a little challenges some people. All of a sudden, are not able to find their way to church. But if you are here today, I want you to just clap for yourself. And now shake the person beside you and tell the person, I appreciate you. Shake the person's hand if you know you don't have coronavirus. And tell the person, I appreciate you. Hallelujah. Even if you have corona, the, the person will heal you. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give a clap offering to Jesus one more time. Can you take your seats in the presence of the Lord? Uh, today, I want to just share a, in a, a brief moment with you um, the continuation of what I started sharing on Sunday. And I'm trusting God that within the next 40 minutes, I'll be able to make uh, some good headway or get to some good conclusions. 
concerning certain thoughts on marriage that uh, I have here. Amen and amen. Unfortunately, there is a dimension I wanted to get to, but I doubt we have the time for that. But I believe that whatever is coming, God is going to use it to empower our love life and to empower our marriages. Hallelujah. If you believe it, shout a big amen. amen. Hallelujah. We give God all the praise. We give Him all the glory. And so on Sunday, we started talking about the subject, uh, the power and purpose of marriage. Uh, or the power and the purpose of love and of marriage. And we began by defining what marriage is. In fact, principally, and this is what I like to do everywhere when I'm talking on the subject of marriage, is to establish that marriage is not an idea of men. Marriage is not the thoughts of men. It wasn't a suggestion of men. It wasn't that a man got up one day and said, that, let us get married. No, it came from God. The origination of the very concept is God-centered. Praise God. And so when you begin to understand it this way, it helps you to now look or to determine where the source of information concerning the subject matter is supposed to come from. Is it because the purpose of every product is with a fabricator, is with a manufacturer, the, the, the one who founded it in his thought processes. He knows why he brought that thing into being. And so if you want to know the purpose of a thing, go to the originator, go to the source. So when we can establish that marriage is a God ordination, a divine institution, then it means that if it is going to work and it's going to be successful, it has to be based on his manual and on his principles and what he has said concerning it. Any other thing, no matter how good it may look, it is actually failing. It's actually failing. It is not fulfilling the, ordina- uh, uh, the divine ordained purpose. So we must understand that it is an uh, institution that uh, was, uh, was originated and founded by God. And we find that concept in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. And he concludes uh, uh, the, 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 the chapter number 2 with a verse which is often quoted whenever we are talking about marriage. Verse number 24. He says, for a man will leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Right? The two, the twine shall become wine. Hallelujah. The twine shall become wine. I don't know which kind of wine, but they have become wine. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. So the two shall become one flesh. Very, very important. If you want to understand marriage, that is so, so serious. That the two shall become one flesh. And it's important we know that it is not one spirit, neither is it one soul, but one flesh. Is when we understand this, we realize that there are certain um, demands that we, or expectations that we have of our spouses uh, that may not may not be legitimate. So, for instance, a man marries a woman, and all of a sudden he expects her to know him in tito and out tito. Okay, he expects her to be perfect and prim and proper. And a woman is expecting that ah, he will know how I am feeling. He will know my mood swing. He will know my uh, when I am in my cycle. He will know when I am bleeding and when I'm not bleeding. He will know he did, or even the, and then you say that even the fact that you don't know Christ is a problem. The fact that you don't even realize it is a problem. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because she's expecting that uh, they have become one flesh, but they have not become one soul. They have not become one spirit. 
praise God forevermore. They have become one flesh, and even that one flesh, it is in limited edition, because they truly become one flesh only when they come together in the act of sex. Praise God forevermore. Apart from that, over 99% of the time they are apart. Are we together? Oh, I'm, uh, oh you don't believe it. Over 99% of the time they are what? Ah, they always having sex. Uh, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. The married couples over here. Are you are you doing right as well? Oh yeah, you are not doing it physically. You are doing it in your <laughs> praise God forevermore. So I hope you are understanding me. So if we really want to get to a place of oneness, you realize that now it must be intentional in getting there. Because if we are going to start thinking the same way, we must start intentionally learning each other. We must start intentionally praying together so that even in spirit we can become aligned in terms of our purpose. In terms of what God is speaking to us. Is it two people can become so super, supernaturally and spiritually aligned that when God is speaking to one, God is speaking to another, the other person. I was reading, a, you know, some of the things. <laughs> I wish I, we had known some things before we knew some things. Uh, most of us have our desires and expectations built before our knowledge is founded. <laughs> Are you understanding me? So you have a desire about how your marriage should look like, but you have not yet gathered the knowledge on how it is supposed to look. So most of us enter with a desire and we say that we are ready for marriage because we have a picture of how our marriage should be. But we have not actually understood the steps that we are supposed to take, which is actually what makes us ready. Are we together? Does it make sense? Or I should explain further. Uh, Many of us, for instance, let me take me for instance. Uh, As I was growing up, you know, I had become a very spiritual young man who had great aspirations for spiritual things. And then I came across a book by uh, two great ministers of God who were into the healing ministry. I think God started preparing me for the healing ministry very early. And it was beautiful uh, how the man and his wife were both in the healing ministry. And so one day they were in a crusade. All of a sudden, the man was ministering. And then he stopped and said, bring that man who has, I think the man had several conditions in his body. Several sicknesses. He was twisted, a contorted uh, figure, caricature of demonic oppression that had spoiled his body. As he was calling uh, him, he noticed his wife also going in the same direction. And she stopped in her tracks. She said, honey, honey, don't just spoke to me to God there. <laughs> Is that how beautiful it was? It was like, wow. Uh, in the middle of a crusade, man. Charlie, who doesn't want that? Me and my wife are in sync spiritually. My goodness. I, re- I encountered another account of uh, Papa Kenneth Hagen and he, he and his wife and some, um, some, some uh, what was it called? Uh, some other brethren were, had gone to pray for a sick person. And so while they were praying, he, he likes to open his eyes whilst he's praying because he is a very inquisitive man of God. He wants to see what is happening. So the Holy Ghost spoke to him. To move to the head of the bed uh, and then go and pray for the man over there. His wife is a, a, a typical spiritual woman, always closing her eyes because she needs to get into the holiest of holies, the intimate parts of God. Uh, While the men, we are adventurous. Me, uh, I, I, as I was growing up, in the, when I go for a, a revival meeting or a prophetic meeting, I barely close my eyes. I need to see where the man of God is going. <laughs> I need to see what he's doing. Glory to Jesus Christ. On that note, if I catch you, you are not me. (laughs) 
Glory to Jesus. But as he was moving there by the instruction of the Spirit of God, he and his wife just met there at the same time and they bumped into each other. And her eyes were closed all along while she was moving. And said, ah, how come you are, you are, so after they had prayed for him and the guy got healed instantly. And later I was like, how come you also, he said, I just felt a, a force moving me to go towards the head of the bed. My goodness. So you see, having experienced or seen such, such stories, you can imagine how your, my perspective about marriage should be. But that is my desire. That is my desire. Later on in life, I realized that these same people, they don't have it very easy. And it has to be an intentional building of the process of becoming one. Are you understanding me? So, it was not something that was arrived at over time. So, my desire concerning my marital expectations was founded, but then the roadmap to getting there, we were ignorant about do you understand me? And so that is the problem with many people. They have what they want their marriage to look like, but then they have not yet realized that it is not automatic. And that you can only come to that place of realization when you realize that in uh, Genesis 2 verse 24, he did not talk about one soul, one spirit. He spoke about one flesh. One flesh. That means that you can be married together, but your minds may be worlds apart. You can be married together by your desires, they be world apart. You can be married together by your thinking processes. You are not all, you've not all gone to good schools like St. Augustine's College. You've not all gone to wonderful universities like KNUSC. So somebody may have gone to a school like Legon or uh, UDS or UCC or U, UAE or UEW or something. It is not a school. <laughs> we are talking about universities and you are talking about schools. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. But then it could be the divine order of God that they come together. Are you understanding me? And so, the way that the excellence of teaching in KNUSC may not be like the rest of the other places. Are we together? Now it looks like we are getting angry. Please, we are still in the house of God. Amen. So, but then, we are still supposed to be married. How is it going to work? How is it going to work? It needs intentionality. It needs understanding. Glory to Jesus Christ. And that is why we, it is important to attend such meetings so that we know the mind of God, the wisdom of God, and the counsel of God, and intentionally apply it for our betterment in the blessed institution of marriage. I don't know whether I'm making a little sense over here. Glory to Jesus Christ. So marriage is uh, uh, mainly something that God has instituted, and we need to understand it from His perspective. Glory to Jesus Christ. And then I went on to talk about how marriage is between a man and a woman and not a man and a man or any other equation but what God has ordained, a man and a woman. And we spoke about whether everybody is supposed to marry. And we spoke about how marriage, there are people who are divinely ordained not to be married. There are enoughs that came from God. There are some who it's circumstantial problems and situations made them to be that way. And there are some who decided as a matter of choice that for one reason or the other they want to be single. But whatever the case may be, it is important to realize that being married is, is difficult, but not being married can also be very, very difficult. Very, very difficult because Jesus said that it is a tough one. It is a tough one. It is only given to those who are capable of doing it. 
He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. Not everybody is capable of receiving it. Message version says that, but if you are capable of growing, in, but if you are capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. <laughs> if you are capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. So in that way, it is very difficult. But in most cases, you realize that uh, those who are single will want to be married. Amen and amen. And those who are married also, according to uh, uh, Paul, in fact, I don't know which version, but he said that they have a peculiar set of problems. A peculiar set of challenges. Praise God forevermore. So we need to understand what is written over there or what marriage has to tell us in that area. Hallelujah. Let's read First Corinthians chapter number 7. I think now Pastor Wisdom is operating prophetically. We are reading from the verse number 1. The verse number 1. Uh, we are going to read to the verse number 9. He says, now concerning the things. Let's read the New King James Version. New King James Version. He said, now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Young man. Oh, yes. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Verse number three. Verse number three. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her. And likewise also the wife to her husband. You see, these are like institutional responsibilities. God is telling us something. He said, it is good that you don't get married. But if you get married, understand that there are rules of engagements. You don't choose what you want to do. So you don't marry just because of opportunity. When you marry, that's responsibility. So I told you that marriage is not something that we do for life or for fun. But it is responsibility. Okay, so let the husband render. In other words, that word render means payment. It means that pay to his wife the affection due her. So, you see, if, that is why it's a very serious thing when uh, a marriage enters into a place where there's no affection, where there's no love, where there's no flow. It is a serious pr- problem. And sometimes we, it, may, it may feel as though it is okay, but it is not that okay. Are we together? So, let him render the affection. And the wife also to her husband. Let's continue. Mm. And the wife does not have authority over her own body. But the husband does. Very, very, very good. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body. But the wife does. Even much better. <laughs> Glory to you. So it means that they can decide to turn each other whichever direction that they want. Amen and amen. And then, baby... <laughs> I think I want. <laughs> I said, I said, maybe you. So you read this scripture, especially when you know you are come to say something very wild. You don't pick the Bible when you read First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, verse four. Say, honey, I that in a car. So do not deprive one another, <laughs> except with consent for a time. Okay, is it? This is now. This scripture is a spiritual warfare prayer. Is that? Do not deprive one another, except with consent for a time. For a time. I said for a time. Oh, yes. <laughs> that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. <laughs> I told you, it is a spiritual warfare. <laughs> 
And then he says, come together again. Listen, so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Allah, please give me King James Version for just this verse. <laughs> for just this verse. Glory to Jesus Christ. He said, uh, defraud not. <laughs> you know, you can be arrested for fraud. <laughs> oh, yes. He said, defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. You know, do you know what this means? It means that any time, oh my goodness, a husband and a wife come together, they are fighting Satan. Oh, yes. <laughs> are you understanding me? Glory to Jesus. So, it is spirituals warfare. Somebody is going to be in trouble today. Oh, we need to deal with some de- devils and deal with some sin. Don't worry. Oh, shaka likete. Oh, yes. I'm telling you. Uh, man of God. Please, when we close, we will surround and pray some prayers for certain people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse number six. Uh, verse number six. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I, say, but I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. Okay, it's about to make some points over here. Mm-hmm. Let's go on. For I wish that all men were even as I am. But each man has his own gift from God. Oh, yes. So if you want to day your day, please, it's your gift. <laughs> Amen. He <laughs> said, one in this manner, another in that. Master, everybody day your lane. So it is not a sin to be desirous of a woman. That's what he's trying to let us understand. It is not a sin to be desirous of a woman. It's not a sin to be in a relationship. It's not a sin to marry. He wishes everybody had the zeal that he had. Praise God forevermore. But you see, the fact that you are feeling some fires in some places doesn't mean that you are not spiritual. Are you understanding me? Oh, yes. Because sometimes you realize that some people are praying and praying, God, forgive me. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Oh, no. It is your day that is working over here. Amen and amen. So it is important that we understand that it is no less spiritual and it is, it is, it is, it is very spiritual. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Verse number 8. Verse number 8. Let's, let's move quickly. He said, But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good if you remain. It is good for them if they remain even as I am. Let's go on. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. It is better to do what? Than to what? So, brother, sister, if you realize that the thing is doing you, please try as much as possible to get connected to uh, somebody very, very quickly. Amen and amen. It is very, very, very important. Try to get connected to somebody very, very quickly. Because, you see, if you don't, he said, it is better to marry than to burn with passion. It is better to marry than to be having... So, even though it is spiritual, it is not supposed to linger for longer than necessary. Are we together? For longer than necessary. So, because God has made a divine institution available for that purpose. 
Glory to Jesus. So, marriage is the coming together of two people of the opposite sex to build a God-centered home. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13 verse 4 that marriage is honorable and so it should be treated with due respect. So you don't just get up and say, I'm marrying somebody. You should have thought well about it. You should have thought well about it. So even though I've made a point concerning uh, uh, the fact that you, are, you have certain tendencies or passions within you, that marriage seeks to prevent you from uh, entering into sexual immorality, before you go in, think carefully about what you are going to do. It's because this is an institution that is honorable. It means that you have to approach it with a sense of respect. A sense of respect, not in a flimsy manner. And so you go in and then you, you are looking at, oh, if it doesn't work, I think I can just walk out just like that. It doesn't, uh, it, it's my choice. It's my choice. No, it is something that should be considered best on, on a higher scale than that. Are we together? Yes, very, very, very important. So we, when we realize this, will realize what the heart of God is concerning our marital unions. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You study the same uh, passages of scripture, you also realize that marriage is an answer to sexual immorality or promiscuity or promiscuousness, uh, which uh, all of them are correct. And so we learned some very healthy reasons why marriage is supposed to be, and I want to just mention about five of them. I mentioned about eight on Sunday. Number one, for companionship. It is not good that a man be alone. Number two, for sexual satisfaction. It solves the problem of fornication. You see, uh, fornicators and married people are doing the same thing, but one is a sin, one is not. Glory to Jesus Christ. So marriage is what changes uh, the game over there. Number three, it is for procreation, for children. So for companionship, for coitus, for children, uh, very, very important for children. So he says that uh, multiply and fill, replenish the earth. And also you read Malachi chapter 2, um, uh, the verse number something. He says that for godly offspring to be born. For godly offspring, I think verse 14 thereabouts, for godly offspring, praise God. Because God, it, is, it pleases God that children are born within the context of marriage. Amen and amen. That does not mean that God has rejected children who are not born in the context of marriage. So for instance, you say that, like we often say in a Ghanaian or African setting, born one, born two. No, sometimes we should understand that it is uh, uh, an error that took place, but then the children are not errors. Are you understanding me? We are not errors because probably we are born out of that. Because especially when we come into Christ, there is a, a, a sanctifying grace that comes upon our lives. Are we together? Are we together? Praise God. But then, in the perfect picture of God, He does not want us who probably have encountered that to also continue the same. To continue the same. So, it is the desire of God that children are born in the context of marriage. In the context of marriage. That's why God did not create uh, the children before He created the wife. He created the wife before the children came. So, God, that is how God desires it to be. And He wants all of us to honor that. Number what? Is it number four? Number four is for also character development. Character development. When you enter into marriage, you realize that you'll be roasted a lot. Yeah, I think verse 15. You'll be roasted a lot. And all of that is uh, often to help you. Okay, when we understand that in marriage, we are taught a lot of things. 
That's why the Bible demands that we love in marriage. And you realize that love is kind. So if you are not kind, you have to learn kindness. Love is patient. If you are not patient, you have to learn patience. Love is long-suffering. So if you don't like suffering, you have to now learn not only to suffer, but to suffer long. Do you understand me? So marriage teaches us many, 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 many things. Many, many things. You are a woman. You are not submissive. You have to learn to be submissive because that will develop the character of a Christian in you uh, as somebody who is supposed to be submissive. So there are things that marriage is supposed to teach us which affects our character. Affect our character. Character development. Praise God. And then the most important of all is for divine purposes. You will see in certain parts of the Bible, God will speak to a prophet, go and marry this woman. One time, I think it was it Hosea or Shia, he asked to marry a harlot. A harlot. Why? Because he had a message for the children of Israel. That is a divine purpose. He said, I, I will make a, uh, bring a helper, a helper that is suitable for him. A helper is brought to a help. If you are doing nothing, why do you need a helper? So, there are divine purposes. There's a reason why God will bring a wife or a husband into your life. It is not something that is just frivolous, or it's not just something for natural or carnal purposes. There's a reason. And now these things are important to be spoken about, so that intentionally we begin to develop our companionship, we will begin to develop our sexual lives, we begin to develop how we are going to raise children, how we are going to bring children up, we will understand how character is supposed to be and why we are together in the first place, the purpose of our marriage. Okay, now these things are all important. None of them is supposed to be seen as more important than the other. So you see that somebody uh, will get overly spiritual and so instead of uh, meeting the sexual needs of his wife or a husband he said no 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 there's uh, i have to go and preach tomorrow there are some souls we want we have to be doing all night prayer and you are coming to touch me demon don't, don't, don't touch me no please this one is also important it's also important are we together yes if you are if your husband is here look at his face if your wife is here look at her face Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm going for soul winning. And so you cannot defile me before I go. Oh, no, 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 no. A thousand times through. All of that is part of the spiritual purposes. That is why they are all enshrined in the context of scripture. These are not the figment of man's imagination. These are not self-proclaimed or self-made reasons. All of the things I'm sharing with you are found in the Bible. Are found in the Bible. So if it is God who is teaching us them, then they are also equally important. There are people who have over spiritualized themselves to marital breakdown. They don't have time for their spouses because they are so much involved in the things of God, in the things of the ministry. They are, and so you see some of them even they are more, they are more, uh, you see them more Christian in church than they are Christians at home. And at the end of the day, it puts a strain on the marriage. It, puts a, it brings a problem into the union. All of these things are important. All of these things are important. So you need to be very intentional about them and talk to them about them. Find, know what, sit down, have discussions, spiritual meetings. You pray before you talk and then you flow and you talk about because you understand that it is part of the purposes of God. It is no less spiritual. They are all spiritual. They all form the reasons and the purposes why God brought the institution of marriage. 
Glory to Jesus Christ. Look, even when God wanted to give birth to a son, he came to a woman. What are you talking about? <laughs> Praise the Lord. It was a vital union. Praise God. <laughs> amen and amen. Do you know even when God wanted to give birth to us, the Bible calls it the sperm of the word. Uh, it brought fertility and he gave birth to us. So all of these things are what important. Tell somebody they are important. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. So when two people want to marry each other, they need to be in agreement in three areas. Okay? Marriage is about a union. And a union is peaceful when there is agreement. Right? If there is no agreement, there can be union. There can still be union. But if there is no agreement, ah, that union is doomed for, 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 for destruction. If there is no agreement, there is no peace. If there is no agreement, there is no advancement. You see, when two people are married and there's no agreement, they cannot build. Yeah, if you notice that some people, when they got married, their lives, they are not seeing any progress in their lives anymore. Financially, no progress. Spiritually, no progress. They are, what they used to do for God, they are not able to see it anymore. They are not able to see progress anymore. If you see that, you realize that there's something wrong. There's a place of non-agreement. In fact, sometimes it can be so bad that it can even affect childbearing. You realize that two people who want to give birth, they are married, and there's nothing wrong with them. And any time the woman is entering into a fertile season, the devil will bring what, uh, a lot of discord. And then they begin to fight, and before long, the time that, you see, understand, everything is in cycles. So even for the time a child is supposed to come, there is a particular period that God has ordained it to be. And so when you miss that period, everything is, it will be an exercise in futility. Until the next cycle. Until the next cycle. So when we understand all of this, is, it becomes very, very important. There must be agreement. There must be agreement for all that above purposes to be fulfilled. When there is no agreement, there is no proper companionship. Ah, can you imagine... You see, some, uh, uh, and these are real things. There are people who, who are home very late and make sure that they go and meet their spouse sleeping. What companionship is that? Because when she's awake or when he's awake, <laughs> no agreement. They cannot have any fruitful discussion. Every time he has moonarized, uh, his face is contorted and distorted. Every time she, she, she's, she's uh, as though she's busy doing something else. Busy doing something else. So, the comp- because there's no agreement, the companionship is not there. In common, yet they are not able, able to flow or talk about anything. They cannot talk for even 30 minutes. 30 minutes. They cannot even have conversation for 30 minutes. Nothing fruitful. They cannot, nothing. You see, because there's no agreement. So, when you are going to select somebody to marry, it's not just about the spirituality of that person. Is, that, is this a person that you can talk to for three hours and you will not even notice it? Is it somebody that you can talk to about every issue and can be very free and clear and you know you... So, that's why sometimes they say that marry according to your status. Because sometimes when you go and marry somebody who is lower than you, the intelligence may not be there. So, there are some discussions you cannot have with that person. Because the person has nothing to offer you. Oh, Mira, recently, finance minister, the know IMF. You understand because the intelligence is so you cannot discuss certain things. 
You want to plan that, hey, I want to build a house, I want to do this thing. Person is just there, oh, okay, 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 okay. The person has nothing to offer. Oh, can, can we look at what kind of budget we can draw? Who can build it for us? What time frame? The person has nothing to contribute. The person doesn't even know how to use Google to go and do some little research. <laughs> amen and amen. So, you realize that there is no proper companionship because even mentally, the agreement is hampered. So, you must be in agreement. Amos 3 verse 3. Can two work together except they be what? Agreed. Can two work together except they be agreed. If there's no agreement, they're working together. Hey, we cannot work together. We cannot work together. And it's important that the agreement be seen in these three areas. Number one, spiritually. Number two, soulishly. And number three, bodily or, or physically. Spiritually, both of you must be born again. Both of you must be born again. Very, very, very important. Now, this is for a couple who are believers before they are getting married. Uh, because I can, I don't think I will talk about that today. But probably I said something, some, uh, I think last week, that marriage is not Christian. Marriage is not Christian. So, there are people who can do well in marriage even though they don't speak in tongues. Because the principles are being followed. Are we together? That's why Paul told them, I think if you study that same chapter uh, that we just read from, he said that if a, a, a Christian, a believer, is married to an unbeliever and the unbeliever wants to stay, then he, he, can, he should remain married to that person. Or she should remain married to that husband. You see, the fact that she wants to stay or he wants to stay alone it signifies agreement. Even though the person may not be a believer spiritually in terms of faith. So, sometimes, even between, um, two, uh, uh, between uh, uh, certain non-spiritual people, there can be a better union than even two, between two tongue-speaking people. Are we together? Yeah, because sometimes the tongue-speaking people, instead of speaking, I love you, I love you, I say, Rekonto, Leshiata. When you, the, the Rekonto, you don't understand. So, it, it doesn't affect your emotions. Are you understanding me? Yes. But you may be, because for all we know, we are saying that may God punish Afghanistan, the demons in Afghanistan. But you see, but if you speak English with me, I love you, that touches me. If you have pretend I don't feel it, I say, oh, it has affected you. Do you understand me? But then the, un- the, the ones who don't speak in tongues, they are left with their, with their English and their Ghana and their Chi. They made the sweetie hand. Because only Rico to be out of the kind of film. Are you together? Are, are we together? Now, I'm not saying don't recruit because if you don't recruit to say God can come after you. But then I want you to understand that it must, there's a certain level of agreement that even uh, whether you are spiritual or unspiritual, you need to have it. You need to have it. Praise God forevermore. Where there's agreement on the recruit even that one can be very, can even affect you spiritually and emotionally because you look at him and the way, ah, when you, when you were marrying him, he was speaking Rico to Lantai. I said, this is a kind of man I like. My God. And now, after a couple of years, you have been married and you have served him, you have ministered to him, and now he has gone higher in the street. Now he goes, Buzanda Leketegi. Say, hey, my husband is moving forward. Are you understanding me? Yeah. So, at the end of the day, it's still dependent on agreement. What are the things you love and value? That's why we say that you don't marry somebody you cannot respect. Because it will come back and bite you. You know, you see, maybe to you, Rikoto is not what you value. 
Maybe you value somebody who, who is a, a serious business person. And so those are the things that you are looking at. Don't go and worry a Rikoto person. When you, you are looking for business, somebody will come and say, that, ah, I have started this business. And No, maybe that is what you consider valuable. Day your day, make a day my day. Are you understanding me? Yes, so it's important that agreement must be there. So, agree spiritually. Okay? You must have, be born again, must have the same faith. That's why we said that, try, where possible, marry within a church. Or some, a church that believes in similar things that you believe in in your own church. Okay? There must be commonness of faith. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. Okay? So that one is talking about people who are not born again. But sometimes, even amongst believers, there are some people who don't believe what you believe. So they are, in that context, they are unbelievers to you. Are you understanding me? For instance, a tongue-speaking Christian goes to marry uh, somebody from a denomination where they don't believe in tongues. So to, in the context of tongue-speaking, to you he's an unbeliever. Or she's an unbeliever. So you can, it is a dangerous thing to be equally yoked with that person. No, you know what a yoke is? A yoke is that structure that they put at the neck of uh, uh, an ass or a donkey that they, when they are... So, and most of the time you realize that they are in twos. So, when you are equally yoked, it means that all of you. Now, to become unequally yoked, that's a, dif- a, di- a different thing altogether. Because one is a believer, one is not. It's like putting, so you realize that when they are pairing the animals, they, those, when they are pulling, they get of similar strength. And then that one will go faster than the other and break the neck of the other one. And cause discomfort in the other one. So when you are, you, they are unequally, then it means that one, it, it, there's a problem, there's an imbalance, and there's, there's an issue that needs to be dealt with. Oh yes, God is opening our eyes. That's how God is opening our eyes. So the second area of agreement is soulishly. You must learn to have the same mind. You must learn to have the same mind. Look at your principles. Look at the things that you value. Look at your aspirations. Look at where you are going to. There must be some uniformity over there. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, 1 and 2 tells us about foundational doctrines. Okay, what are the things that you value most? And what, how, how is your thinking pattern? What, how, is the pro, how do you process? You know, that sometimes they say that uh, uh, opposites attract. You know me, I've realized that, that in marriage that is one of the biggest lies. One of the biggest lies. No, 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 no. Opposites attract. No. No, no, no. That's one of the biggest lies. And they say according to magnetism, blah, blah, blah. Do you know magnets uh, attract things that have their magnetic properties? So if it doesn't have magnetic property, there's no attraction. Besides, we are not even magnets anyway. <laughs> I'm a human being with feelings, and you're a human being with feelings. Praise God. I like what I like, and I don't like what I hate. <laughs> are you understanding me? I don't like what I hate. So, you, you, you like pasta. I like uh, noodles, or something else. Amen and amen. And you say, oh, mine is nice. It's mine. But me too, that is, I don't like that. Are you understanding me? I'm a very quiet, self-contained person. You are a very open uh, 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 how do you call the house where everybody is having uh, compound house person I don't like that kind of noise I don't like that kind of anytime I hear you shout I, I, it irritates me 
irritates me. I'm very cool. I, I don't want to be the people to be noticing me. You are calling everybody's attention. Everybody's attention. It can result in frictions. Because when we guys, I don't like that. You too, that is how your nature is. So that is what causes you to glow. I realize that I tell people, my goodness, when they come in front here and they are ministering or they are performing, that's when you see they are realized. They like the attention. They like the fans. Other people come and then, <laughs> today we want to pray. So they, they need extra Holy Ghost to even lead a prayer session. And that person, when he sees, he sees the people, oh, it's time to perform. You see, everybody is day in their day. Are you understanding me? If two of these people who are very sharply uh, contrasted come together, there may be problems. There may be problems. Except in the other person, there's a kind of admiration for what he or she lacks. Are you understanding me? For instance, there are people who are not, they don't like public places, but they look at people who are, who are able to stand in front of crowds and they admire such things. Even though it is, if that, 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 that bit of admiration is not there, those opposites, and that, in that case, they are not really that opposites. Because in terms of desire, they have a com- something in common. There must always be something in common. There must always be something in common. Conflicts arise as a result of what? Opposing views. Or, have you ever seen two people in agreement and they are fighting? You know, I, 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 I like what you like. I like what you like and we are fighting. No, it doesn't even make sense. You see, the conflict and fight always happen because there is opposition. Yes, opposition. So, look at somebody who loves the things you love. Who flows. Okay? Or at least has a, a good ability or capacity to accommodate what may he or she may not be having. Are you understanding me? There are some who are not having it. For instance, is it, I, I, I had a big problem standing in front of people. or standing, I had a big problem. Probably because of how I was brought up. So when I was brought up, I was very uh, inflected. You see, uh, so I was very shy. I had an, an inferiority complex. People tell me I'm handsome, I think they are laughing at me. Do you understand me? But later on, I saw that they were right. They should have even added some more. <laughs> now, you see, I have changed. Because so what was in me was probably being suppressed because of the, the challenges that were around my child. My, 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 my upbringing. Are you understanding me? Those are, that's a different thing altogether. Are we together? So, that is why at last time I was saying that before you marry, you need to know yourself very well. You need to know yourself very well in detail. Not just superficially. In details. Praise God forevermore. Let me quickly move on. Hallelujah. And then bodily. Please, if you know you don't like a dark-skinned person, don't just get married because you say that, oh, I think, I think. No. Yes. If you like fair, go for your fair. Amen and amen. And there must be that bodily agreement. What do you think? Oh, somebody, somebody, pictures are running through somebody's mind right now. <laughs> you know, that's what I've been eyeing this. Hey. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, so somebody that you see. And, and I arranged these agreements. Uh, for a reason, okay, it's important to start with the spirituality. 
and then move on to the soulish dimension before we move to the bodily dimension. If you start agreeing in the body, because sometimes you can have a, a good attraction for somebody, but the person's faith may not be the same as yours. No, oh, he's talking from experience. Oh, yes. The person may not be moving in that direction that you are going. In that case, you have to sacrifice the body. You have to sacrifice the body. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Yes. In that case, you have to do what? Sacrifice the body. Because, you see, the body one is not eternal. So sometimes the way you like the person's, how the person has a flat tummy and all of that, you and you go impregnate her, and after one, two, and you see that the tummy is not going back, your your body is gone. What else are you holding on to? Exercise. <laughs> you know, after you remove the corset, then you see that the thing falls over like a bag. Uh, amen and amen. And the, and so uh, I heard something recently. So sometimes that's why they say that, oh, put off the light. I, I enjoy it when the lights are off. Maybe it's because the person is not too confident about some things. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know why I think it's laughing like that. Please, when you are, when you are editing, don't remove Otin's name. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen and amen. All right, so let me just, my time is almost up, in fact it's up already. Rules that form the foundation for marriage, a lasting marriage. Please, I'll, I may take about a bit, 10 minutes extra, so uh, indulge me. Okay, rules that form the foundation for marriage. Number one, love. Number one, love. If a marriage is going to work, there must be love. And love in its various definitions. So, not just talking about agape love, but eros love. But then, I've grouped all of the definitions of love, and with the concept and understanding of marriage, I've brought out a, a, a definition that I think may help. Number one, love is a decision. I think I've spoken about that before. Love is a decision. So, before you decide that, ah, a B, I want to love a B. You see, love is a gift that you are given. Do you understand me? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Praise God forevermore. <laughs> you must look at everything that you need to look at and make a decision. You don't just look at the physical attraction. It's a decision. If you don't let it enter, become an emotion first, you must make a decision. Maybe you have noticed somebody and you are interested in a person. Before the interest becomes so passionate, you must decide that is this person worthy of me giving him or giving her my love? Is it, are you understanding me? Oh, yes. Don't let the butterflies carry you away. No. Stamp your feet. Because before you, are, before you realize, you may be uh, giving your body to somebody that you may not go the long haul with. Amen and amen. And that's the thing about giving your body. You are all giving. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. But you see, uh, we like to find uh, people that will blame for whatever. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> amen and amen. Uh, you see, when God came, Adam said, the woman that he gave me, uh, she is the cause. So the woman said that it was in you. So everybody is looking for a blame. So whenever um, a, a relationship doesn't work, now you see that there's a lot of blame 
blame game, blame game. It is this, it was her fault, it was her fault, it was his fault, it was his fault. Because we are all trying to absorb ourselves from the blame and push it on the other person. So, in a breakdown of a relationship or a marriage, please, nobody wins. Nobody wins. There is no winner anywhere. There is no winner anywhere. So, that is why before you go in, make sure that you are making the right decision. Make sure that you understand the decision that you are making. Amen and amen. Why does I say nobody wants? Nobody wins. There's no winner. There's no winner. Very, very important. There's no winner. Glory to Jesus. So, it's a decision and it's a choice. And the choice must be based on intelligence. The choice must be based on understanding what you are looking for. The choice must be based on logical assessments. Is this person going in the direction that I want to go in future? Will it become a problem if I look at the way he, he, he talks? His way of seeing things, how he speaks, how he addresses issues. Are those things that are going to help me? Is it? So this is what begins to define compatibility. In many cases, when marriages break down or relationships break down, the reason is that they come and say that, oh, we found out that we're incompatible. So what were you, what were you doing in the beginning in the first place? And then they may also be right. In fact, most cases they are right. So, I have some 10 tests that I want everybody to write down. Okay, when you are going to make a decision that you want to enter into a relationship or marriage with this person, you must look at the decision. In the decision, you must write this test. And this test, you must, you must answer it appropriately. So, let your decision to love pass the below test. Number one, the faith test. The faith test. The faith test. Now, this is very, very important for two reasons. Faith will define what become val- becomes valuable to you. And two, faith will de- define who you are going to enter into this battle with. If you go and enter into uh, a relationship with somebody who does not have stamina of faith, you end up having to carry the relationship on your faith alone. And that can become very burdensome. So, the faith test. Are we moving in the same direction in terms of what we believe in God and in His Word? And, are we, and is there room for improvement? Is the person interested in working on it? Because there are some people you find that they are not very high, but you see there's a lot of hunger. There's teachability. They want to improve. They can inform your decision. Do you understand? When I say faith, that doesn't mean that is the person at the top. No. Look at, consider it, and make an intelligent decision based on it. So sometimes you can, through, you can get some through discussions, information. You can be talking, raise issues, listen to what the person has to say, and then you know what the person has in his heart or in his mind. Are we together? Right. Number two, vision test. Vision test. What is his vision in life? What is her vision in life? Because where there's no vision, distraction is imminent. And when, where there's no vision, um, admiration and respect can be truncated. Because, you see, when a person is working on a vision, constantly there's a reason for you to love and respect that person. But when you get used to the person, there's no change in the life of that person. You see that the person, the way you met the person 10 years ago, is the same place that the person is. Very soon, familiarity begins to breed contempt. Familiarity sets in and contempt begins to rise up. So what is the vision? You must, you must intentionally examine it. That's why I'm calling it a test. So vision test. You see, rate it. 
Say test. test uh, 50%, 60%. Vision test, 100%. Look, you must rate it. Rate it. And based on the ratings, you will now make a decision. Maybe you can even tell yourself that uh, the overall should not be less than <laughs> this number of... Uh, I, I hope you are getting me. So that you know that you are intelligently deciding that, ah, I will say yes to uh, Abraham. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Mm. Hallelujah. And now, why? Is there something going on the way that your people, your people are? <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Yeah. And so, number three, compatibility test. My time is running, so today, I love Compatibility test. Now, with the compatibility test, I'm talking more about the level of friendship. Is this somebody that you can flow with? You can have conversations with. You understand me? There are some people when you meet them, even though you want to talk about you want to talk about politics, you are compelled to say John three sixteen. <laughs> because she now no spirit or the because Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. And it's very, very important because when after you have done everything, you enter into the bedroom and maybe you have a desire for some mathematical equation and you cannot even express yourself. Oh. Amen and amen. Yes, you cannot even talk about it. Uh, maybe you had uh, and you could not enjoy it. You cannot say that that time I was almost there and they didn't take me there. Oh, yes. It, I don't know why Loretta is sweating in the, in the air conditioning. <laughs> amen and amen. You cannot talk about it. Is it? Because, so, there's no flow. You cannot, you are not, you want today, you want to go to, you want, <laughs> you want to go and eat food at a restaurant because, you, you are being wasteful. <laughs> uh, uh, you are being wasteful. <laughs> so, I hope you get me. You must have that, some things in common. So, that makes you compatible. In fact, you know, the word compatibility, it comes from compartments. And so, compartments that have been put apart. But when they are put together, they fit perfectly together. Like a puzzle. When a puzzle is properly fixed, you see... Even though it was separate, when it is coming together, there's no conflict. There must be that kind of easy coming together. Are you understanding me? That is also very important whenever there's conflict. It's not the coming together. Whenever there's conflict, amen and amen. Hallelujah. So, you are angry at each other. How easily can you resolve your issues? Are you, are you getting me? If there is no compatibility, oh, every excuse will be a reason to protract the thing. You see, I asked you, where's my shoe? And you, you know, you only brought one of the shoes. And so you expect me to go and look for the other shoe. And, uh, five weeks. <laughs> five weeks, one shoe. <laughs> amen and amen. So, <laughs> yeah. Compatibility test. Let's go on quickly. The next one is finances test. Is how is a person spending like? How is a person's uh, relationship with money? Is a person a spendthrift? 
Maybe you, you are very uh, careful when we are talk, when we are spending. Uh, but this person, you can see the person is about to destroy your account. But I say, oh, I can handle. Brother, you yourself, how many times do you buy pizza for yourself? Oh, that reminds me of the first time I took a lady out for a date. I took her to, I just got in a job and they had given me a car that I should be using for marketing purposes. I took it for sales. <laughs> I carried this young lady. She was staying somewhere around Taifa. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I drove my car. And in fact, no, no, no. She, I didn't take. I didn't go and pick her. We met at, I think, um, uh, Osu. <laughs> oh yes. And I took her to one of these Oriental restaurants. You could see the drawings. Of, oh, no, no, Frankie's. No, Frankie's was too... Uh, it was, this one was rather modern. Yes. And had these uh, dragons drawn. And then, the, you know, the one that... You, when you enter the, the huge gate, the doors, and then you push in, and then you can see the waiters. Oh, God. <laughs> and they brought the menu. <laughs> and I look at the price. <laughs> Oh, as I, as I, oh, I'm, I'm fast. <laughs> because after I paid for it, <laughs> I thought those things, it was just a marriage council, so I'll be using it as sorry so Then I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that food could be expensive in Ghana like that. My God, my God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you need to look at the finances test. What is a person's vision financially? What is the person's capacity in terms of finances? Is the person somebody who has a strong vision when we are talking about finances? You know, there are some people, they will like to be tenants forever. They have, no, they have not even thought about building a house. Their financial vision is very small. You need to look at it. Because one of the things that I was discovered as the major, one of the major reasons for uh, marital breakdown is finances. When finance, when money is not there, love becomes an, can become annoyance. Amen and amen. When money is not there, oh, if the person comes, <laughs> I love you, your, your love will kill you there. <laughs> because I, I'm hungry. You have not prepared nothing. Many are, you know, the Lord showed me something, and I've seen, I saw it in reality. Many marital problems, if money was there, there will not, there will not be problems at all. In fact, even when love is lost and money is there, oh, sometimes it's work. In fact, the money, the money crack and turn the things around. While she's looking at uh, uh, misbehaving, oh, then you come back, the kind of hamper that you are carrying. <laughs> amen and amen. Uh, Please, women love money. <clears throat> Amen. They, praise the Lord. Or oh, I said, praise the Lord. There was a certain woman who was fighting with her husband. That day she had decided that uh, when he comes, the way she would dress him. I come and say, honey, he said, what is your honey? Come out, I want to show you something. Please, I, I cannot be wasting my time. Ah, there was a car. He said, this is yours. For the first time in their marriage, she went on her knees. <laughs> <laughs> Submission became easy. <laughs> and 
a real story. A true story. Amen and amen. Hey! He told me, he said, hey, this woman has never knelt down to me before. Oh, me seriously, oh, I love you. Money, no money can, money can buy love. Praise God forevermore. Oh, hallelujah. Please say the amen like you know you are going to be the next richest man in this, or the next richest woman in this place. Hallelujah. So finances test. Okay. Uh, finances test. You see that a guy has no vision about work. No vision that he wants. No, 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 no. Sister, sister, advise yourself. Because you realize that along the line that you are not that compatible. <laughs> Somebody where you are flowing, you could do six hours talk with. When the finances start knocking you, you realize that when you see him, even six minutes, you don't want to talk with that person. Because I have tied myself with a financial problem. I've tied myself with a financial case. Today, any financial case in anybody's blood, I cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ. So, all of this, I'm still defining love. All of this, I'm still defining love. Before you make the decision to love somebody, take, go through all of these tests because they will come up in the course of the marriage. Amen. Values or standards tests. What are the do's and don'ts of the person? Or that the person allow just anything. Soon you realize that anybody can come into your home. Praise God forevermore. Very, very, very important. And because of time, I'm going to be rushing. Maybe another time, I'll do something for singles on this. Because this one really affects the singles more. So social status test. Social status. Are you really worried? Or is the person's level of education a problem to you? What is the person's background? Don't just assume that, oh, because oh, we are in church and we are all filled with the Holy Ghost to be fine. Look at it. It may disturb you. You may have a problem with it. You are just not being honest about it. But there are some who genuinely don't have any problem with it. That's also beautiful. But you must ask yourself that question to make sure that you are really ready to live with whatever it is. If not, and you think you, you, the person has scored better points in all the other areas, and you think I can help the person upgrade, you, you think about all of that before you make that decision. Are we together? Are we together? Or are we together? Or I'm boring you. Family test. What is the, which, how is the person's family like? Because they are going to be your in-laws. Are they people who are always dependent on that person? Because that means that they'll be sharing everything in the house with you. Are they people who receive people graciously? Because that will mean that every time they come, there'll be tension on you. Are you understanding me? I, I, I get to me. So look at the family the person is coming from. What are the spiritual battles that they are fighting? <laughs> is it, I, I, can you fight that battle? Are we together? So you think about that. Family test. And then we look at physical health test. Is the person having a sickness that can affect your marriage? Are you getting me? You should ask those questions. Ask. Like, Go, talk about it. The physical health. Is a person having a cancer? Is the person having a debilitating sickness? Are you getting me? So what is the physical health? What are the, are the health challenges? 
Because if you are not careful, you may end up marrying somebody that you end up having to resign your work to come and take care of the person at home. And you may not be ready to do that. It doesn't make you a bad person, but you are just not ready for that. Or your love cannot take you to that, take you there. Are we together? What are we together? Very, very important. I had a, I had a, a true story of one gentleman who married a, a girl who had cancer. And because she was going to die, he said, no, let me, at least this last year or last few days or months of her life, let me marry her so that I can fulfill her dream. And so he married her and then a couple of months later she died. And he gave her at least a honeymoon before she went on. Praise God. Because she had been suffering the disease for a long time. But he had to make that decision himself. Because everyone asked, are you sure? Are you sure? And I'm sure he was very sure because I calculated the number of months that were left. <laughs> because I'm sure if I had gone into years, he'd have advised himself. Amen. Hallelujah. So physical health test. And then the final one. This one is also very important. Beauty test. Beauty test. Is it that some people who like people with with property? Do you understand me? Hallelujah. So there are people they like uh, uh, men who like ladies with big uh, breasts. Okay, and so you need to ask yourself <laughs> if the person doesn't have the size that I'm looking for, will it be a problem for me? Are, are we together? Or are we together? There are other people, other people to see. It's, it's not that important. Amen and amen. <laughs> Praise God. I don't like what I hate. <laughs> are you getting me? So you must ask yourself all of those things. Do I find him attractive? Is it somebody that I would like to get naked with? Is he? Are you understanding me? Yeah. There are some people. <laughs> you are afraid. <laughs> He said, hey, so you have to put off the lights. Amen and amen. So you look at all of that. Okay, I put that at the last because it is also uh, one of the worst places to start from. Uh, one of the worst places to start from. Because uh, that, you, see, you cannot define men. Now, by the grace of God, even you, the, the person you are seeing is not beautiful. Let, the, let some money splash around the person a bit. Oh, yes. Are you understanding me? Now, other people too, it is later on in life. Are you getting me? Yeah. There was a, a lady that I, I, I know, I, I, I got to know her back in school. And where? In school, she was like sick. Like, oh, my God. It was like, but some six years down the line, when you see her now, you're like, whoa. Times you change. <laughs> amen and amen. Are you understanding me? So you cannot just look at the present and then make a definition. So that's why I put that last. But then it is important to look at that. It is important to look at that. Does it worry you? Uh, of course, uh, the, uh, 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 majority of men, if not every man, may like a woman who may have certain characteristics. But as some, it is not that important. You get me. It is not that important. Amen and amen. That is very, very important. All right. So now all of that will inform your decision. 
Okay, other parameters you can think about are communication style, spending habits, conflict resolution or problem solving skills. How does a person handle whenever you have a, a challenge? Also, emotional intelligence and empathy. Amen. Uh, family and parenting goals. All of those things should be taught about. Uh, career and lifestyle. Uh, physical and emotional, em emotional status. Ability to compromise and make sacrifices. And then, uh, yeah. The support systems that the person has. You can think about all of that. Amen and amen. So based on that, you can make a decision to love. And after you have done that, you take the next step in love. Action. Tell somebody action. Tell somebody action. So the, if you say you love somebody, it must show in your actions. So you have made the decision. You have prayed about it. Holy Ghost has also added his voice. You have everything that you need that you are is forming. You see, there are two things that must be found in love if a marriage is supposed to work. Conviction, which comes from the Spirit of God, and convincing, which comes from these things that I'm talking about. Are you getting me? You must be convinced about it. That way you can defend your decision. So, why did you make that choice? I didn't even know why. Love is blind. You didn't... You didn't go through Reverend O'Connor's definition of love. That's why you're having a problem that you're having. So now you can see the person is going nowhere, but you are stuck emotionally to that person. God is helping us. As a God is helping us. Before love is a feeling. That one day is very easy. Okay, what are the rules? Let me just mention them quickly and then we can close. Number two, the truth. Truth means a honesty. Honesty. You see, in a, a marriage, there should be truth. And that, that truth will inform your trust. Okay? Honesty. Transparency. Conscientiousness. The word of God. There is no much time and pressure. We have to have communion. Hallelujah. Praise God. So there must be truth. Truth must become a foundation. Must become a foundation. There should be no wishy-washy. It's not... Obia, Nobody is there to beat anybody's intelligence. Do you understand me? I'm not. We, when we are when we are together, we are together. It is real. It is true. It's not that I'm testing you or I have I, I have something at the back of my mind. Everything we can be very open about it. Truth, honesty, transparency. Okay, conscience. You see. You, you are, what you, this is right and wrong. Right and wrong. You are not, you are not trying to, I don't know how, the, I'm under pressure. Amen and amen. So, the foundation of truth. Number three, the foundation of trust. The foundation of trust. Nothing damages marriages more than broken trust. There's nothing that can damage a marriage more than broken trust. Hey, you cannot live with somebody whom you don't trust. You cannot eat her food. You cannot sleep with him. When there is no trust, oh, that is when irritation in, becomes. Because you are not sure. And see, we say that women want security. Men also own security. The virtuous woman, the heart of a husband does safely trust in her. We want somebody that we can trust and we can be okay and we know that she's not going to use anything against us. So all of, everybody wants security. So trust. 
Nothing damages marriage more than a broken trust. Number four, commitment. Commitment is the lifeblood of marriage. This is when, even when you are not sure of things, you be, you stick there. The stickability. Okay. Uh, number five, respect. Regarding and valuing the person and the presence of the person. So, because he's here, I will not say certain things. Because she's here, I'll be careful. It's not because I'm afraid of her, but because I value her presence. I value his presence. Are we together? Are, are we together? Yeah. In fact, that's why he went, uh, let's say you are, you are married and you are a woman and you are wearing skimpy clothes when you know you are married. No. It, you may be feeling good in it, but it may be dis- it is disrespecting your husband. Are we together? Yeah. You take it out everywhere. And so what he, th- he thought is private use is public asset. You see, it's a disrespect. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. Whoever deserves respect must show respect. Number six, submission. Number seven, knowledge. Number eight, faithfulness, which in- includes fidelity, consistency, constancy, loyalty, protectiveness. Hmm. Number nine, patience. And number 10, financial stability. These are foundations for a glorious, blissful, lasting marriage. These are 10 things. 10 things. Should I mention them again? Number one, love. Number two, truth. Number three, trust. Number four, commitment. Number five, what's there? Respect. Somebody's right. And that's good. Number six. Wow. Number seven, knowledge. Number eight. Faithfulness, number nine. Page, oh, number ten. Oh, wow. I think, clap for yourselves. <laughs> wow. Let this thing, we work on them. That is why marriage is work. Work on these things. And there's no marriage. If, listen to me, I can say this with 100% confidence. If we are able to get these foundations, there's no marriage, whether in church Every day we get a miracle. Hallelujah. Shall be on our feet. We want to close in the next five minutes. Glory to Jesus Christ. But we want to pray that Father help us build foundations for glorious marriages. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, help me with this knowledge I have acquired to build an amazing foundation for glory in my marriage. Come on, lift up your voice, talk to the Lord. This is just a one minute prayer, so we are not going to waste so much time on it. Mando Palabashata Libalurani Kosotolo Brodosh. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. Oh, Lababash. The Bible says that knowledge and wisdom shall be the stability of our days. Shall be the stability of our days. Oh, marriages are failing everywhere. But God is helping us. I said, God is helping us. Shabala bala 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 bakatash. Mende bala bala zetele bradigash. Mandele bele 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 kanda la bradile be kesus. Mandolo bobo shika tolo bradigaya. Reda la bashanda la bala bala bala. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for you. 
that God's purpose concerning marriage will be established in your life. That uh, you will be the living expression of the very purpose for which God considered marriage. I pray for you, oh, for everyone who is married, that your marriage shall continue to be stable and shall grow and shall produce the glory of the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, anyone who is in a godly relationship, that the relationship shall blossom and manifest and mature into something beautiful. In the mighty name of Jesus, anyone who is in any relationship that is ungodly that God will deliver you out of that relationship and set you at where you are supposed to be. Any anyone oh, who has failed even in marriage, I decree and I declare oh, that there is a restoration, there is a repair. Oh, affliction will not arise a second time. Anyone who has struggled, my in your relationships and they are failed oh because of one reason or the other that next one is going to be a glorious one you will escape that affliction you will escape it repeating another time in the name of Jesus that wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of our relationships by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ we hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.eminatoropoipa.com or call 0546-363957. God bless you.